The Porge Stevenson Show, porgestevenson.com, episode 79, Monday, August 6th, 2007. Time for the Simpsons review. The Simpsons. So this past weekend, we saw the Simpsons movie. Yes, this is this is our uh, Simpsons episode. <laughs> uh, came out on Friday, July twenty seventh. Yeah. And it's been getting, like we said in the last episode, it's been getting very good reviews, a whole bunch of positive reviews. Yeah. And. I'm a Simpsons fan. I've been watching it since it came on TV in 1989. That's right. I started watching it, you know, the same time as you when it came on. But uh, I'd say I watched it all the time right through the late 90s. Then I just, you know, the, the TV show, from my perspective, they were never doing anything new. It was the same characters, doing the same gags all the time. I don't know, I like it, and I try to catch it whenever I can, but usually I'm busy doing something, or I'm not home, or if I am home, I turn on Channel 5, Fox 5, at 8 o'clock on Sunday, and, you know, it's a a football game, or a basketball game, or something, so I don't watch it regularly anymore, but I still enjoy it, and I try to catch it whenever I can. Welcome to the Ponch Stevenson Show. So we went to see the Simpsons movie. You know, I was, uh, again, for someone who watched the show for about a decade, pretty religiously, and then hasn't watched the show for nearly as long, I was, uh, I liked it. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was, uh, I thought there was a lot of little funny jokes and sarcasm in it, and, you know, I mean, again, for a situation where the the plot is the same plot, you know, where Homer does something stupid and obnoxious and... Marge and the kids leave him, and uh, the whole town hates him, and and then he has to come back save the day. You know that seems to be the uh, the key with them. Again, uh, I I thought it was uh, pretty good, pretty funny for uh, what I think is a concept uh, you know has been rehashed over a few too many times. Well, the show's been on eighteen seasons, right? Or seventeen, eighteen seasons. Yeah. Yeah, 20 years. Almost, yeah. Yeah, well, if you consider the Tracy Ullman stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny is that the last several seasons, I think, are are drawn very well, and they're they're funny, they're uh, well-written and things like that. And then if I watch reruns or DVDs of the first several seasons, like maybe the first four or five seasons, I can't even watch them anymore. They're horrible. (laughs) Oh, no, I... Drawings are terrible. The animation is terrible. The colors... Ah, uh, no, I'm going to tell you something. It's corny. Have... The writing, the stories is very corny. Oh. I have a... They're really bad. I have a clip of a song that I want to play a little bit later. 
but it's from a Simpsons episode back in 1992. Okay. Which was, I don't know, the third season? 89? Yeah, three or four. Maybe the fourth season, I don't know. It looks exactly like Simpsons do today. There's well, no then difference. maybe the first three seasons. Yeah, it was the first couple. They had switched uh, animation studios. They switched to right. a better animation studio. One of the reasons that the Tracy Ullman stuff was so horrendous oh. <laughs> is because Matt, uh, how do you say his name? Groaning. Uh, it's groaning. I'm calling him groaning. Sounds like groaning. That's what it's going to be. Matt, Matt groaning. When he uh, did the whole Tracy Ullman thing, the problem was, what happened was, he submitted what the character should look like. These, like, raw drawings. You know, whatever. They went and they took that literally. <laughs> they took his horrible drawings and made that into the characters. <laughs> right. You know, I guess he was, like, stuck with it. Yeah, those are really, really badly uh, drawn. And they're bad. Stupid. Yeah. And, of course, I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the first ever Simpsons was a like a TV one-hour special. Yeah, it's the where, Christmas special. Yeah, where they get the dog Santa's little helper. Yeah, from the dog track. <laughs> yeah, that was the first one. I remember it well. Remember, as kids, we, we would try to come in school with Simpsons T-shirts. Yeah, and and they would like tell us to take take them off our backs and leave us with no shirt. I know like, why. Throw them away. Be naked. They send us home. Well, you know, because the shirts would have like sayings on it, like "Eat my shorts." And, and, Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Underachiever. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was the big one. Underachiever. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, well, you know they they made a big stink of it, and now kids come come to school with you know shirts with fifty cent on it. It's Shooting somebody. <laughs> I've noticed that the first several seasons of the show, Bart Simpson was pretty much the main character. Yes. And the whole family was the main character, but Bart was yeah. the, the main, main character. Right, right, right. And then somehow, over the next several seasons, that shifted to Homer being the right. main character. Yes, we must credit this observation to our friend... Chris, because uh, he was the one that came up with this whole idea years ago. No, he did I'm the one who told him that. Oh, okay. Well, credit to you then. <laughs> Via him. He, he was the one that told me back in, I don't know, high school. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the Bart character, you can only do so much with him. Yeah. And it was, you know, basically, you know, it used to revolve around him being a brat. Right. Like, telling people off. Well, I mean, that gets old kind of quickly. You know, whereas Homer is, you know, the character is kind of like the Al Bundy and and the goofy character and, you know, much funnier. Yeah, but the first few seasons, he started off kind of normal. Yeah, he was really nasty. I guess, I guess you could compare it to Al Bundy. Like, they both started off kind of somewhat normal. Yes. And then as the years went on, they yeah. just both turned into complete... Bumbling <laughs> maniacs. Uh, you know, that was a criticism of uh, Married with Children, not to get off the subject. Which I liked. I, I like the goofy, zany comedy. I like that. Well, you know, I, I think that, like, you know, the, the first few seasons of Married with Children was very groundbreaking. Nobody had ever 
done anything. And then, I don't know, maybe like the fifth, sixth season, uh, really started getting lame. And then the, the seven guy, you know, that was really dumb. And then, you know, they started doing the stuff with like the no man stuff. And, and, and that was really hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and then the show basically became all about Al Bundy. Well, it was the same thing with Family Matters and Urkel. Right. Steve Urkel. No, but that got ridiculous. No, but the show, you know, they introduced him into the show, and it revolved right. around the whole family and everyone. And then yeah. as the seasons went on, it, he was the star. Well, I, yeah, eventually. I mean, in the beginning, it was always about him trying to win over Laura. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually, it just became him and Carl Winslow, what kind of idiotic, uh, you know, <laughs> boobery and chicanery could they get themselves into, and... That was it. It was great. <laughs> well, I know, but you know, it was, it was no longer the the original premise of the show. I don't think that that show ever has been released on DVD yet. That and season two of Charles in Charge. Oh God! With the stupid Buddy Lembeck, <laughs> not the smart Buddy Lembeck. What happened to season one? Oh, that's out. Wasn't he in that? Yeah, but he was normal in season one. Oh, ah, who the heck wants season one? It stunk. I know. Well, that's why they didn't release season two, because no one bought season one. Oh, they're idiots. <laughs> that's just stupid. And I'm still waiting for Get a Life. Oh, boy. DVD. I'm still waiting for the fourth and fifth season of Sliders. I'm still waiting for that. Anyway, but anyway, back, um, back to the Simpsons. Yeah, you mentioned Santa's little helper in the in the very first episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, it's interesting because the Paunch Luck. Yeah. I think we have another victim because Frank Welker, right? Big, big uh, voice actor. He's been, he's dead for decades. No, no. <laughs> oh. No, well, not yet. Maybe after this episode. But oh boy. Yeah, in the Transformers, he didn't get to do the voice of Megatron. Peter Cullen did get to do the right. voice of Optimus Prime. So he lost out on a very, very big popular movie. Yeah. Transformers has made almost $300 million already. It's insane. So then, okay, the Simpsons movie. Frank Welker does the animal noises on the show. He does Santa's <laughs> Little Helper and things like that. All right, he's going to be in the Simpsons movie. No. Now, for some reason, they didn't get him to do Santa's Little Helper. They got Dan Castanoletta, or whatever his name is, who does the voice of Homer to yeah, do the well, voice of the animal. Well, I mean, that's just, you know, they're not going to pay a movie rate to a guy that just barks like a dog. I don't know, but he just cannot catch a break with these yeah. big, uh, huge popular movies. He's missing yeah. out because of yeah. us. Because uh, we keep mentioning him on the show. Must be. So I I apologize for that. I'll tell you another guy that can't catch a break, and, and this is just ridiculous. Did you know that um, that there's been a primetime Emmy Award for voice acting for many years, and every single cast member on The Simpsons, save one, has won an Emmy. In fact, guest stars such as Albert Brooks, I think, and... Uh, 
definitely Kelsey Grammer and and even Jackie Mason <laughs> have won an Emmy for The Simpsons. Get, can you guess who's the one guy who has not won an Emmy? I don't know. Harry Shearer. Really? He, he's the best voice actor they have. <laughs> you know, he does... Mr. Burns. Ooh, Smithers. He does Smithers? Oh, Mr. Burns, can I give you a bubble bath? <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy. This is Reverend Lovejoy. I was based on the character of Al Gore because I talk so slow. <laughs> Ned Flanders. Howdy ho, neighbors! <laughs> it's me, Ned Flanders! Howdy <laughs> ho! President Schwarzenegger. This is the governor, President Donald Schwarzenegger. Planetary with wonderful memorabilia. <laughs> Kent Brockman. Oh, Springfield, this is Kent Brockman. And Principal Skinner, among um, others. Ah, uh, yes. You know, one of the characters I always loved, unfortunately, I don't use him anymore because Phil Hartman died, was uh, Troy McClure. Hey, it's me, Troy McClure! Dan Castellaneta. Yeah. Is his name. Yes, he, he's actually been appearing as a guest star in Entourage on HBO. I don't watch Lately. that. Again, he's a guy from the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I don't want to harp on it, but British comedies. Ugh. It works sometimes. Uh, when they don't talk. Like Mr. Bean. Physical British comedy, funny. Speaking British comedy, not funny. Monty Python. I just don't get it. <laughs> Tracy Ullman. Uh, maybe that's a not entirely British comedy, but absolutely horrible show. <laughs> I remember it being okay. It stunk. Absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Awful. I know people love, you know, Ricky Gervais and The Office and Extras, but quite frankly, I can't understand what the guy is saying. Is he speaking English? <laughs> the Office was great. You can't understand them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, that's why you have to watch it more than once. What? Get out of here more than once. No, that, that was a really good show. No. no. The original Office. No. But in a few weeks, Mr. Bean's coming out with a new movie. Uh, I don't Mr. think that's going to be in theaters. Uh, I don't think it's going to be in theaters. No, yeah, yeah, it is. I saw the trailer for it. We will see. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make any money, except for my $11. But... <laughs> Ain't got none for me. <laughs> No, I thought the original Mr. Bean movie, just called Bean, oh, I thought stunk. that was very funny. No, it it's a very funny movie. Eh, it was too much talking. <laughs> they shouldn't have allowed the people to talk. Should not have allowed it. Um, yeah, we're trying to review the Simpsons movie without spoiling anything or giving anything away. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> what is it to spoil? Drawings were really good. The animation was really good. Uh, Even though the story is the same exact rehashed story of The Simpsons, it's still funny. Yeah, it was very funny. A lot of good gags, a lot of good jokes, a lot of good references. But they did not let the Scottish groundkeeper, Willie, talk. What is up with that? I don't know. It's me, groundskeeper, Willie. <laughs> and then I'll let me talk. They're not like that. 
What else can we say about it without spoiling anything? We've never done a review of a movie we actually like. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. Well, no, I like Die Hard. Yeah, I mean, I talked about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, you know, last episode we talked about the Underdog movie coming out yeah. and the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie coming out around Christmas time. Yeah. And it stars Jason Lee as Dave Seville. Yeah. Right, for My Name is Earl. Yeah. So he's starring in that movie, which is a live action version of a cartoon. And he's also starring in the Underdog movie, which is a live-action version of a cartoon. Hey. But he's the voice of the Underdog character. Yeah. He's the voice of Underdog. So I guess that's his new thing now, making live-action cartoon movies. Right. All right, so uh, here's a jingle, a Simpsons jingle. It goes all the way back to 1992 and the episode called... Homer at the Bat. Yeah. In which uh, Mr. Burns uh, has a power plant softball team that stinks, and he decides to populate it with real baseball players in order to cheat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he winds up getting uh, players like Mike Sosha and Don Mattingly, Steve Sachs, Wade Boggs, Ozzie Smith, Jose Canseco, Ken Griffey Jr., Daryl Strawberry, and Roger Clemens. Yep. And over the course of the episode, basically, you know, there's some kind of, um, you know, misfortune that strikes each, you know, baseball player, and then they're no longer on the team. And everybody except Daryl Strawberry who plays Homer's position. So, as a result, Homer never gets in the game. And for some reason, Mr. Burns benches Daryl Strawberry, and Homer gets up with the bases loaded, the game tied, and winds up getting beamed in the head, falls over, they win the game, he has no idea what's going on, and everybody's celebrating. Which, again, is something that already happened on Married with Children. But, uh, anyway, it was a very cool episode, and, uh, you know... The end uh, credits was a song sung by somebody named Terry Cashman, who had a big hit back in the early 80s, some uh, song called Talking Baseball. Oh, yeah. But anyway, this thing is called Talking Softball. It's time for well, the old jingle of the episode. Well, Mr. Burns had done it, the power plant had won it, with Roger Clemens clucking all the while. Mike Sosha's tragic illness made us smile, while Wade Boggs lay unconscious on the barroom tile. We're talking softball, from Maine to San Diego, talking softball, Manningly and Conseco, Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and his running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw. We're talking softball.
from Maine to San Diego, talking softball, Mattingly and Canseco, Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw, Steve Sachs and his running with the law, we're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw. There you go. And did Barry Bonds break the home run record yet? I don't think so. Still working on it? Yeah, yeah he's like one home run away. Uh, hate him. How can somebody feel good about breaking a record by cheating? Because he doesn't care. How could he not care? He doesn't. His career. Eh. Doesn't care. He's very rich. What can I tell you? Oh, we have a celebrity death. Another one. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, a couple. I'm going to do this one. Born May 12th, 1936. Died July 29th, 2007. 71 years old. Died of cancer. Uh, late night TV talk show host Tom Snyder. Whoa! <laughs> Dead. Hey, hello everybody, it's Tom Snyder, back from the dead, advertising Gugon, my favorite cleanup product. When uh, Tom Snyder came back on TV, I mean, I had no idea who this guy was. You know, he, he he came back in the you know mid-90s following Len- uh, Letterman, and I gotta tell you, he was good for one thing. Putting you to sleep? Yes, putting me to sleep. I was asleep, I mean, you know... You know what it was? You know, this was back in the early 90s there. You know, when I was a kid, you know, like a little kid, the only TV that I had was one I got from my grandparents, you know, that I got for Christmas back in, I don't know, early 80s. It was a little 13-inch black and white TV. Wow. Again, you know, that's all you could get back then. You know, color was a lot of money. So... No, no, was, wait, wait, wait a minute. The early go. 1980s, you're making people think that the early 1980s was only black <laughs> and white TVs. Well, it was 13-inch. Were there any 13-inch color TVs? I don't, there were, color, color TV was the standard and had been for over a decade. Yeah, but there were a lot more money. Yeah, but still, I'm, you know, let's, let's not give people the wrong impression. Yeah, I... It, First of all, a lot of kids back then even have a TV, so there. But that's the, true. The point being, at the I'm time, just saying we we did not grow up in the 1950s, where yeah, people yeah. had to put saran wrap over the TV and spray paint it to get color. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I we had our own, you know, massive uh, RCA TV that was you know, like a 27, 30 inch TV inside this huge wooden box. <laughs> the wooden cabin. Yeah, it was there big. was no was TV big. stand. You put it on the floor. Right. You opened up the doors. <laughs> well, and when you turn it on, made that like boom noise. How come companies don't make those anymore? <laughs> it was like a piece of furniture, and it was heavy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it was, it was just a little ridiculous. A wooden TV. Oh, that's how they were back then. <laughs> and you know, we had one TV in a living room. And, uh, that was how, I mean, again, my family never had a lot of money, but, you know, when my parents were growing up, they had one TV, 
it was usually black and white, and, and I guess eventually it was color. And then, you know, when I was a little kid, we had one television. One television in the living room. That was the only TV we had until I was, I don't know, eight or nine. Other than that little, you know, black and white thing. And when we moved, we finally got another television. Just, was yeah, the big but, wooden one that you had on the floor, was that in stereo? Nah, nah, it was just, just one speaker. Oh, because the one that we had was like the new big thing, the mid-1980s. They, they started yeah. coming out with stereo TVs. Right, right, I know. It's like the big, you know, like... Yeah, my... my yeah, my, uh, my grandparents had it where my, you know, the television was, you know, it was like this, looked like this huge dresser, you know, had the little gold latches on it. <laughs> Come on, it's ridiculous. But you know how if you watch primetime TV shows today? Yeah. Um, it, when the show comes on, at the bottom of the screen or in the corner, there's a little logo... It says, like, HD, high uh, definition, broadcast mm -hmm. and high def or broadcasted surround sound. Yeah. Well, back then, in the mid-1980s, the new thing, you know, the primetime TV show would come on, and at the bottom it was stereo. like, broadcast in stereo, now yeah. in stereo. Yeah. And well, it was anyway, cool. So yeah, anyway, so, yeah. So I had a little 13-inch TV. That was the only TV I had. And long story short, you know, I mean, obviously the thing didn't obviously didn't have a remote control. Yeah. So, so, so it was on the other side of the room. So pretty much, I just had to turn on one channel and leave it. And so as I was going to sleep, I turn on channel two, you know, CBS for Letterman, and just leave it on there. And you know, if I was still awake when Letterman was over, then Tom Schneider would come on and he would put me to sleep. You know, and he would usually have someone on there, and he would just start chuckling ridiculously. He's just like, what is this guy talking about? I mean, he was so weird, because he would be sitting in a studio by himself. Yeah, with a black background. <laughs> by himself! And he'd be interviewing somebody, you know, from who knows where. He never had anybody in the studio. <laughs> it's the strangest show ever. You know, but, uh, yeah, so... Tom Snyder. And who else? Who was the other guy? I don't know. Do you remember back in the early, mid-1980s in uh, northern New Jersey, the cable TV company at the time was Suburban Cable Vision? Right. And... Wait, you're not going to say Uncle Floyd's dead. No, no. Oh. <laughs> well, no, he was UHF, but All the right. people who had cable at the time, uh, the cable came with a remote controller. Yes. First of all, it had a wire. Yes. So you had this big wire going across the room. Right. And the wire was attached to this big wooden box <laughs> that you would put in your lap. It looked like a mini piano. Yeah, it had all these keys on it, all these right. buttons. <laughs> and it was this, big, this wooden box with all these switches yeah. on it. I, uh, I'm going to tell you one thing, though. I, I realized you couldn't get that many channels. You know, how many you get? 36 channels on that little thing? Yeah, it went up to channel 36. Yeah, but it was convenient. I mean, you could flip through the channels really fast. <laughs> I like that. But a wooden remote control. Oh, I had it for many, many years. Oh, no. I had it for many, many years, and I go to other people's houses and be full of dog hair and stuff, be like, ugh, what is this? It's like a creature. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that's what it was. I mean, uh, nothing really had remotes. Very few had television sets had remotes at the time. Yeah, it's like some of those really cheap radio control cars that's controlled by a remote on a wire. What's the point of that? (laughs) Yeah. And then airplanes, too. (laughs) A remote control airplane. Yeah, on a wire. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. They, they were selling those. Right? What is the that? point of that? It flies <laughs> two feet. Goes up in the air, comes right back, you know, snaps right back, and decapitates you. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was the other guy? I thought it was Bill Walsh that died. You know, 49ers coach. Yes, born November 30th, 1931. He died July 30th, 2007. 75 years old. Again, cancer. Former head coach of the San Francisco 49ers NFL football team. With uh, Joe Montana. Yes, he won three Super Bowls. Yeah, I remember the running joke when we were kids was that, you know, we'd be playing football or something and you know, somebody would be like, oh, I'm quarterback, I'm Joe Montana. And then somebody would, like, throw a penny at them. Or Yeah, Joe huh? Montana kept getting injured every game. <laughs> break his back, break his ankle. Yeah, yeah Bill Walsh, the uh, namesake of uh, Bill Walsh College Football. The video game. Yeah, from Electronic Arts. It was John Madden football, except it was different teams, and Bill Walsh's name on it. Of course. So... You expect Electronic Arts to actually put an effort into their no, games? No, no, of course not. Anything else? Because uh, I, so. I have to go to the bathroom. Hey.